the Scientel Show. Here are your favorite co-hosts, Mike Orzaga and Billy Guerrero. Billy, what's going on? How are you? Have you been? Ah, uh, it's been good. You know, I am enjoying this cooler weather, um, and the sun's going down a lot sooner. Which actually, I'm not a fan of because I want to get my run in. And I think uh, I had a friend tell me like, "That's the least gothiest thing you've ever said." That's so. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking right now. <laughs> yeah, I love it when it's dark, and then over here where I'm at, it's really cold. It's like in the upper 30s right now. So I'm actually kind of oh, enjoying man. it. But I'm in home. I'm at home right now wrapped up in a blanket and ready to get this show on the road. (laughs) So Billy, it is spooky season and our episode is spooky themed. So go ahead and take Mm -hmm. this away. All right. So tis the season to be spooky for la 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 la. (laughs) Now there are many movies, shows, podcasts, books, etc. that dedicate themselves to all things paranormal, weird, and frightening. Human beings have been and are fascinated by the idea of ghosts, demons, ghouls, goblins, and things that go bump in the night as far as we can trace back human life. But why? There's evidence that almost every culture has expressed curiosity about what comes after life. See the Epic of Gilgamesh in 7th century BC. Now, today we're jumping on this hearse (laughs) to talk about how science might explain why people see and believe in ghosts. But first, any updates, Mike? Uh, on my end, not too much. Just uh, grinding through grad, my first semester of grad school. Uh, things are going uh, relatively okay. <laughs> oh, good. Just, uh, I know. Making, I haven't making the adjustment. I don't have any updates. I feel like we just met, and that's a good thing because we got we're getting these podcast episodes out right for season two. Right. Um, but yeah. Other than that. Um, Going to be visiting home in November, so Thanksgiving week, and then after Ooh. that, I'll be back in Christmas time too. So I'm excited for that. Nice. All right. Well, we're going to get into this ghost thing, and before we go any further, I want to talk a little bit about terminology so we can, uh, you know, know what we're talking about here. So we're going to go from like not so scary to like terrifying. Awesome. <laughs> in my in my opinion, okay, we have <laughs> ghosts. Now, ghosts are known to simply be the spirits of people who have passed away, who make themselves seen by the living. They tend to only make themselves known by sighting, but are also said to be able to speak, change the temperature of a room, or bring a certain odor with their presence. So you might get like a smelly ghost, but you might get like a ghost like me that might like smell like Victoria's Secret, okay? But I've never <laughs> heard of that. But I, you know, I've never heard of a ghost bringing an odor. That's actually new to me. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like it's supposed to be like not a good odor, like a smelly ghost. I don't yeah. Know. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> ghosts are most almost exclusively dead humans who passed across to the afterlife due to unresolved issues or a violent death. Then we have our poltergeists. And if you ever see the movie Poltergeist, this might sound a little familiar. But yeah. poltergeist means noisy ghost, and they have the ability to make noise. 
duh. <laughs> now they throw around objects and otherwise disrupt our physical environment and us. They're said to be able to literally bite, pinch, and otherwise attack or harass their human victims, as well as move, throw, and even break objects. And although the word's definition implies that a poltergeist is a specific type of ghost, or as do some other resources, many experts believe they're actually a completely different entity. The best way to describe it is active kinetic energy that causes physical disturbances. So these Another are the ones key, that you don't want to mess with, basically. No, basically. and they'd be making like messes in house, which I'm not a fan of. Like in the poltergeist, <laughs> when they're like throwing things around, I'm like, not in my house, ghost. You bet, uh you picked the wrong one. Right, but, right. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking too, Billy, because um, I've always thought like, you know, it'd be kind of cool to have ghosts in my house, right? But not <laughs> if they're stinky, like the explanation you gave earlier, and not if they're like making messes, like you can get out. Right. Yeah, exactly. So another key difference is that poltergeists are typically visible the way ghosts are. And although they have no trouble making their presence known regardless. So poltergeists are extremely angry and violent entities who have the power to lash out and physically interact with our environment. And then we have our demons. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> this one is 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 personal okay because so demons are defined as an evil spirit or devil especially one thought to possess a person or act as a tormentor in hell so yeah not ever a good thing <laughs> now they're widely considered to be insidious and malevolent in nature and have been referenced in countless types of folklore religions and cultures throughout history in religious terms, they're often considered to be fallen angels or other quote-unquote lower gods who wield some sort of supernatural power. A demon isn't out of any res for out for any resolution or an issue, but rather pure malicious evil, as it feeds off the emotional energy of fear and anger. Now, I was raised J Dub, so Jehovah Witness. So the idea of demons is like deeply rooted in me. Even as a skeptic, it still like scares me. Okay. Cause when I was little, I remember asking my religious grandma and mom, like, are ghosts real? And they said, no, they're not real. And I was just like, oh, sigh of relief. Oh my God. I'm so happy. And then they were like, but demons are. And I was like, holy moly. I was this like, gets better. Ah, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listen up, boys and goyles, because it is scary ghost story time. Like anything, I like to keep an open mind and apply the principle of charity to an issue or a topic. So I found a ghost story that science has a bit of trouble explaining. It is said to be the most convincing poltergeist to date and was even the premise of The Conjuring 2. And we'll discuss what hypotheses might explain this story later on. But for now, this is called the Infield Poltergeist. Now, back in the 70s in Infield, North London, rows of houses made up what is now known as Green Street. In one of these houses lived a family consisting of two sisters, Margaret, who's 13, and Janet, who's 11, who the ghosts affected the most. And their two brothers and their single mother also lived in the house. Now, they claim that there were moving objects, things flying around the room, knocking inside of walls, and they had contact with an out-of-this-world entity. In August of 1977, the mother made a phone call to the police telling them her house was haunted. A police officer investigating the home claimed in their report, quote, I then saw a chair slide right across the floor, end quote. He said he checked the chair and saw nothing that could explain the chair moving on its own. 
The girls would later become famous and had so many interviews on TV where they would, would talk about how Lego bricks and other things would fly across the room. The kids were not the only ones witnessing these things happen. One man said he got hit in the face with a slipper or a chunk glass. So it's probably like a little grandma, like ghost, probably like. Nice. <laughs> and another officer said they saw a chair levitate. So about 70, 17, not 70, 17, that's a more conservative uh, number, and 30, which is like the most number reported, people in the area would end up witnessing some kind of paranormal activity. So this family calls the Society of Psychical Research, and they send out a paranormal investigator, Maurice Gross. Now, not too long after his arrival, he claimed that it was the best case of the century, maybe of all time, of a poltergeist. During Gross's time there, he and his partner, Guy Leon Playfair, uh, recorded over 2,000 instances of paranormal activity. Cabinets opening, things flying around the room, and even pools of water forming for no reason. One night, one of the daughter's beds was flipped upside down and the mother got really upset. She begged the ghost to know what was going on and left a blank piece of paper on the table. In the morning, it read, quote, I will stay in the house. Do not read this to anyone or I will retaliate, retaliate, end quote. And then Jan Janet goes on and like shows everybody. So <laughs> Janet later seems to become possessed, draws violent pictures and sleepwalks. She also begins speaking like an old man to Maurice Gross and says her name is Joe Watson. Later, she became like another old man, which was named William Bill Wilkins. And the investigators asked Bill what happened to him. And he replies with, quote, I went blind and I had a hemorrhage and I fell asleep and died on a chair in the corner downstairs. Oh, wow. And there are many other instances of paranormal activity and witnesses to the accounts. They even were visited by the famous Ed and Lorraine Warren, probably the most famous paranormal investigators, who said they saw things levitating and wallpaper being removed. The girls actually admitted playing up some of the activity because they felt bad if people came to visit and nothing would happen. And they liked the attention Maurice gave them. But that was only about 2% of the time, they claimed. The girls today, now middle-aged women, still stick to what they saw in that house. So they're not changing up their story. All yeah, right. So that is our intro ghost story. And we have our uh, little surprise here. So why don't you take it away from here, Mike? Yeah. So we have not one surprise guest, not two, but actually three surprise guests. So do, do, do. today we have uh, Bailey. Uh, Gabe and Jared. And I understand they work closely with you, Billy. They're my museum fam. Yes. Yes, indeed. Whoop, whoop. Awesome. <laughs> um, so uh, we can go in alphabetical order, just like we uh, talked about prior to recording. <laughs> uh, if you can give uh, the audience a little bit about yourself, your occupation, your research, any plans for Halloween and possibly a costume. All right. I'll go first. Um, nice to ghost your acquaintance, everyone. <laughs> My name is Bailey. I work at the museum with Billy, and we like to talk about ghosts and stuff all the time when we're working in the collections room with all the dinosaur ghosts. So she thought it'd be fun if we all came around. Um, my plans for Halloween are hanging out with the rest of these goons, these ghouls that I have with me. Awesome. Uh, Gabe, you can go next. Hi, everybody. Wishing you a spooktacular uh, Halloween. 
so yeah, my name is Gabriel Santos. I am a paleontologist and educator at the ALF Museum. I used to study uh, marine mammal evolution, um, particularly things called desmostilians, which are really weird extinct marine mammals. But now I focus mainly on educational work at the museum and um, with projects like Cosplay for Science. Uh, for Halloween, like Bailey said, we're all going to probably hang out and I think we agreed on a, a, a Cora group cosplay. Are we still doing that? Yeah, I we, we I did okay. agree on that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. I <laughs> Any better, chance I, I, I better get... go online and order. <laughs> Any chance I get to dress up, I'm game. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and Gabe, why don't you really no. quickly tell them what Cosplay for Science is? Yeah, so Cosplay for Science is an initiative that was started um, by myself and um, some of our other paleontology friends in the area where we use some um, cosplay uh, science storytelling, immersion, and um, pop culture to help people understand the science that inspired their favorite uh, stories and things like that in pop culture, like Star Wars and Pokemon. Really, what we try to do is get people to practice critical thinking skills um, in their everyday interests. You had it's me so at Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you oh, had yeah. me at Pokemon. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, we'll definitely post the link or uh, post the the at in uh, our future <laughs> post for this podcast. So thanks for sharing. Uh, Jared, why don't you go ahead and share a bit about yourself? My name's Jared Hoyk. I also work at the Alpha Museum and uh, I'm the preparator, which I don't think is actually a word, but I clean all of the dinosaur bones, uh, which on topic for this podcast means if any of these are haunted, I would be the first one to bring something home with me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. And yes, we did agree to a Legend of Korra slash Avatar group costume. I am Mako and I need to go on Amazon later tonight to buy some <laughs> things. Awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a really cool like theme you guys are going for this year. That's awesome um billy since we all know what you do just uh, <laughs> let us know uh what you're doing for uh the spooky festivities well, aside from up. the the costume and all that <laughs> yeah straight up october 1st i was already <laughs> dressed up <laughs> <laughs> i went to a hauntoween event which is in la with my two daughters and that was amazing mm-hmm. um i've also got some spooky hikes in so far i did this one called satan's castle which is up in crestline which was really cool wow. um and i also want to do like supposedly the most haunted hike in southern california which is um the uh, black star canyon Um, I'm also going to Santa Cruz this weekend to see um, the mystery spot. And uh, that's, that's supposed to be like where gravity is kind of like just weird there. Um, And then Oddity's flea market is next weekend. (laughs) And also there's supposedly some underground tunnels in LA that you could check out. So I'm going to do that. Basically October is like full of Those are just the subways. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like it's on Atlas Obscura. So I'm like, I want to go see, I want to go see it. (laughs) All righty then. So Billy, I understand you have some statistics on. Yeah. But what about you, Mike? What are you doing for all of Oh, Mike. Yeah, I thought I was going to get away with it. No, I'm just kidding. Don't leave us hanging, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, not too much. Uh, probably just watch scary movies. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm away from home for the first time uh, for Halloween. So not much plan. Maybe I'll get together with some of my uh, co- 
cohort members, uh, maybe mm-hmm. go to a pumpkin patch, trick or treat or something. Maybe they, maybe they're kind of adult trick or treaters out here. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you should have a seance. <laughs> seance. That's very grad school to do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then uh, get a Ouija board. <laughs> yeah. All right. So statistics. Yes. Let's get into these numbers. So a Huffington post in the YouGov poll of 1000 people suggests that about 45% of people think ghosts or spirits of the dead can come back in certain places and situations. That's according to that 2012 data. Some 32% also said ghosts or spirits can hurt living people, while 43% said ghosts, if they are real, are harmless. And in another poll by the Pew Research Center in 2009, it said 29% of people felt in touch with someone who has died, and 18% have seen or been in the presence of ghosts. So that's like a a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people um, that believe in ghosts. And it seems like more females and uh, African-Americans and Hispanic people tend to be people that believe in this in uh, ghosts and supernatural so that was also interesting too so um so yeah that's uh the current statistics that i could find um and we will definitely post pictures of these um these statistics as well okay right on that was really interesting yeah right? uh, yeah i was uh, kind of surprised number i was like whoa yeah i was really interested to hear about the, nu- the specific numbers so wow yeah. Okay. So let's ask uh, our guests some questions. Um, Okay. So we can go uh, just one at a time. Maybe we can go in reverse order this time. So Jared, maybe you can start off this, this section. Uh, So what is your favorite show or movie involving ghosts? Oh, you know, I was thinking favorite horror movie was the thing, but if it had to involve ghosts, I think Poltergeist is really high up there, but I watched it again recently and it wasn't as scary as I remembered. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, like a, it's a little disappointing, but that's okay. That's <laughs> okay. All and right. The thing is like the right answer. Uh-huh. Yeah, there are right or wrong answers in this question. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is really good too. Yes. Oh, yes. Biases. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Gabe? My favorite is The Conjuring, or The Conjuring, <laughs> as it's said properly. Um, yeah, that's my favorite, just because I, if I ever want to see, like, especially with my siblings, if we're just like, we want to watch a scary movie, that's the one we just automatically go back to, because the atmosphere and, like, the the, the scare scenes in that one, they're just so good. And it, it actually is one of the few movies that I've seen as an adult that made me really, really scared without like just playing around like I was legitimately legitimately trying to like cover my face when I first watched that movie <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. that one was a scary one and Bailey what's yours what's your favorite well I I was like man a horror movie about ghosts specifically and I just googled I was like movies about ghosts <laughs> and I entered it 
And then I was like, man, I can't decide. And a lot of the ones I really love that came up on the list are not scary. Like Ghostbusters is on the list. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, that kind of It doesn't have to be scary. And then Casper the Friendly Ghost was on the list, like the one from the 90s. And I was like, oh, my God, that's a deep memory. And then all these Scooby-Doo episodes came up, too. And I used to love Scooby-Doo. So I don't know. know Those are all the on-scary ones that I really love. Nice. No, I feel you. I changed my answer to Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can't change it. That's that's mine. <laughs> Get your own. Bailey, which is what was the one where the dog keeps coming back? <laughs> the one where each dog is named Bailey like seven yeah. times. <laughs> Owen Wilson movie. movie? No, no. Carnation movie, not a the dog. Whatever. A ghost. <laughs> no, the Owen twice. Wilson movie was uh was uh Marley and Me. That one made uh, my heart break but anyway off topic that's scary that in a different way <laughs> billy what's yours i'm curious uh, definitely haunting of hill house it's a show and it's on netflix and if you haven't so seen good. it like where where are you because it is amazing it actually did scare me i got i got three words for you bent neck lady that's oh, all so good that, oh, <laughs> that's all it took i haven't those- watched it out yet what? We, I what? Okay, I was going to just say, can we talk spoilers really quick? But never. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, we, let's, we're not going to talk spoilers. We're going to talk watch party. Mike has to go watch it right now. <laughs> That's Mike's new Halloween plan. There yes. we go. <laughs> but as far as my favorite movie uh, involving ghosts, I, w- I wanted to pick Casper because of the n- nostalgia, but I wanted to go with the spooky theme. I love The Grudge. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. The Grudge Ooh, is really good. That's number two. That was <laughs> one of the first, I think it was the first movie that I saw in theaters and it literally made me jump out of my seat. I'll never forget that. Yeah. That was good times. Good times. Now we can go back in reverse order. So Bailey, you can start this question off. Have, have you ever had a close encounter with a ghost or maybe you thought you have? Care to explain if possible? Yes, I have. I would say I'm going to talk about two spooky experiences, which hopefully won't take too much airtime. No, no. Um, because the second one has to do with all my friends here, if they remember it or not. <laughs> but the first one was my first ghost encounter. Um, and it, I worked at a medical equipment company in um, a town in Montana where I grew up. And this medical equipment company was run by a very charitable man. Uh, he was always trying to help people get them the wheelchairs and the walkers and things they needed and the medical beds. And our clientele was primarily people of low income. So what the owner of this medical supply company would often do is he would take used medical equipment Um, and store it upstairs at the medical supply company and with the intent of if someone got denied insurance any for any reason he would still be able to find some old equipment for them to rent or to use Uh, so it was well intentioned but we got a lot of wheelchairs that people had suffered and died in a lot of beds that people had suffered and died in a lot of equipment that. I knew was involved with suffering in some way. And it was my job to take it and clean it and store it upstairs at this old um, building where I worked. And 
people would talk all the time about how the building would be locked up on Saturdays. On Saturdays, we would always lock up the upstairs part of the building. But me and several of my coworkers would always hear footsteps up there clearly walking above us, even though we knew it was locked. And as far as we knew, there couldn't be anybody up there in the upstairs part of that building. Um, and one Saturday, I was working by myself and a gentleman came in and needed a certain screw for his walker, which we did not have below. And even though I was there myself and we always keep the upstairs locked because uh, it's spooky and dark and uh, medical equipment that's old and gross is kind of piled in all these haphazard ways upstairs, super cluttered and disorganized. I was like, all right, I'm just going to go up there. I got the key. I went up there. I started digging around. I could not find the light switch for the life of me. It's, it was sort of like a hoardery den up there. It was just impossible to find anything. Um, I couldn't remember where the light switch was because I never opened up there. Typically, I was a later shift person and couldn't find the light switch under all the stuff. So I just pulled out my phone flashlight and I was digging through all the drawers and drawers of different screws and poking through the walker parts, trying to find something. And I heard a voice coming from sort of the back of the room and it just sounded kind of tinny, um, artificial sounding almost. And it said, uh, hello, hello. And I stood up and started walking towards the door because I was pretty spooked at this point. And I heard it again, go, hello, hello, kind of sounded like someone was, uh, it, so it sounded like someone was in the room, but it sounded sort of muffled. And I uh, freaked out and ran down, locked the door behind me. I told the guy he had to come back a different day when the technicians were there. Um, and so that was my spooky encounter at that time. At that Bailey, did you say hello back? No, I did not say hello back. Aww. Now it's mad. Billy, Billy, you're the huh? Billy, you're the girl that gets like taken because you're the one who's so like, you know, when the door is open in a horror movie and they hear a voice and your yeah. people are like walking closer, everyone's like, don't do it. Billy's like, I'm gonna walk closer. I'm kidding. I am. I am. Oh wow. And my second spooky encounter is at the Alf Museum. We have a cupboard of um, human remains that we have in uh, one of the older rooms in the museum. And we always keep it locked because we are in the process of attempting to repatriate these human remains because they're Native American remains that were collected a long, long time ago. Um, and we always keep the cabinet locked. But one day we walked in there and the cabinet was wide open. And everyone that has a key did not have access to that room at that time there was no reason why this locked cabinet should have been open and it was and so that was a vaguely creepy thing that happened here with my coworkers. at the office okay nobody told me about this this whole time i just been walking around <laughs> you didn't know about this Alf museum <laughs> well no there the the material in there has been repatriated already there's like yeah. just it's it's, it's gone, gone now, now. It's been returned to their to their rightful home. But oh, yeah, yeah I remember when Bailey told me that I was like, I didn't open it. I was like, did you do this? And then we were like, Andy, did you do this? And then Tara worked there at the time. And we were like, Tara, did you do this? And she got super freaked out. She was like, no, I would never open that. And no. uh, yep, we don't know who we like, or why. <laughs> we no like locked the door. No one asked me. <laughs> you don't have the key, Jared. We know it wasn't you. I have collections keys. You do not have cabinets keys. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. 
I don't think you were working there all the time yet, Jared, though. I, I have collections. Keys. Okay. I'm just saying Jared, no one asked me. Jared, did you open it? Maybe. Liar. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> no, I just, I just wanted to be included. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's really interesting because, like, you know, I've worked with human remains, like, here uh, where I'm at now, and then my previous school, my undergrad, and, like, I've never thought about the possibility of ghosts being in, you know, these laboratories. So <laughs> now I'm going to go back to my lab this or next week, and I'm going to be a little weary-eyed. I'm going to be on the lookout. <laughs> I mean, I have opinions on that, but I'll wait till later when we talk about that stuff. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So those are my two spooky encounters. And uh, Gabe, you can go next. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to preface preface this uh, with I'm Filipino. So ghosts are very deeply ingrained into my culture. I'm also a scientist. Um, so when my grandparents had their 50th wedding anniversary, they decided to have it on the Queen Mary. Now growing up in California, um, we all know stories that the Queen Mary is hella haunted and, you know, people go there for Halloween and they take ghost tours and blah, blah, blah. I didn't really give a crap. I mean, I've been to the Queen Mary when I was a kid and, you know, we all like, like to pretend to scare each other when we're on the tour and stuff. But I was just excited to go to a wedding because I got to dress up with my family and have a party, blah, blah, blah. So um, we were staying on the ship and I... At the time, I think I was like 21, 22. So I was like, I'm getting my own room because I don't want to share with anybody or my siblings. So I had my own room. It was connected to my grandparents' room because I was helping them out for the wedding. And I was just sitting there in my bed. It was late at night. I think it, yeah, it was after the wedding had finished. And we, it was late at night. We were all winding down. And I was just sitting on my bed with my laptop just doing some work. And this is a hotel now. For those of you who may not know, the Queen Mary has been turned into a hotel and you need a key card to open the doors. And I had been in my room for like hours by that point. And as I'm sitting there, the door to my hotel room opens like it like looks it, it looked like somebody had pushed it open. Dang. And I was like in my bed, in my PJs with my laptop. And I was just like, hello. <laughs> and I, you know, it could have. It could have been my siblings playing a trick on me or something, because that's what we do. But like, as soon as it opened, I was like, uh, no. So I got up and looked out and like trying to see if my siblings or my cousins were out there. But there was nobody out there. And it's a long hallway. So if somebody was was hiding or running away, I would have heard them running. If somebody was hiding, there's nowhere for them to hide. And by the time I the door opened and I got to the door, I would have at least seen somebody like turn the corner or something. Um, I spent like maybe 20 minutes trying to like justify this in my head. Like maybe I didn't close the door. Maybe the key card was broken or whatever. So I tested it. Everything was working and I closed the door again and it wasn't closing. And then I laid down in bed and then I sat in my bed for like maybe two minutes. It might've felt, it might've been longer, but it was in my head. It was like really fast. I was like, do I want to stay in this room by myself right now? And the answer was no. So I opened the door conjoining the room to my grandparents' room. And <laughs> I told them I'm sleeping on the floor. And they were like, okay, fine. <laughs> so that's that's my uh, my little experience with a, a ghost. More recently, I we had some when we were kids, but I can't really remember them too much. Yeah, that's pretty freaky. No, like that ghost was being disrespectful of your space. 
He was. It was. <laughs> like, I'm there just trying to work, you know, be a good student. And they just opened the door. There they go. There they go. Yeah. I maybe, just imagine, maybe they were curious. I also imagine you, like, running to your grandparents' room and, like, jumping in the middle of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think they would have appreciate that. I was like I'm like 220 30 pounds and uh, <laughs> my grandparents are small people so probably not good. That would probably be more scary than the door oh, yeah. opening. And the the funny part too is when I told them that the door opened because my grandparents, you know, they're Filipino. They believe in ghosts and all that. They're just like just ignore it. They they don't do anything. So go to bed. And I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to lay on the floor. And I just slept on a pillow and a blanket by their bed. Oh, my gosh. Oh, awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Gabe. That was really, really really freaky. Um, Jared, would you like to share next? Oh, man, I'm going to bring the spooky mood down because I don't have any spooky Uh. stories to tell. And... (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm following the advice of Gabe's grandparents, but (laughs) I don't believe in ghosts. And so in those, you know, you always have those weird moments, the situations where you feel like you're being watched or someone's around or you hear a noise that you can't explain or someone says something, but there's no one in the room. And every time I just ignore it, like, you know, we're just not going to deal with that right now. <laughs> and and because of that, honestly, nothing really stands out. I mean, everyone hears voices, right? Right? I, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Billy, do you want to share? Oh, my ghost experiences? Yeah. Man, I remember, I remember one time when I was in, in bed and I, what I thought I heard was demonic voices, like in the other room. Um, and, you know, I was always scared of demons um, because I was told they were real and that they're everywhere. And I remember like going, um, I was terrified, but like Gabe said, I am that girl that's going to go like, what is that? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> and so, so there I was, I was like with my cobija, like my blanket over me, you know, and I'm going over there and it's just like wind coming through a window, a crack of a window. <laughs> you got your hopes up. <laughs> I did. Oh, and then there was this other time where I was like driving up. I was like a new driver. I was like 17 years old, like new, driving for the first time. And I was still like a big believer in supernatural things. And I was like going up this place called Little Mountain. And I was driving through there like very carefully. And then I thought I ran into a ghost. Like I thought I ran over a ghost and like, I'm freaking out. Like, I'm just like, Oh my God, I just ran over a ghost. Cause it was like this, this like really, uh, you know, white looking, like just thing that I ran over. So I'm freaking out. And the person I was with at the time, my friend, they were like, you didn't run over ghosts, like go check it out. And so we turned around and all it was, was like a low hanging, like cloud. I was going to think like Billy ran over some farmer. I know what you did last summer. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Billy, I'm, I'm going to edit this out for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's my ghost exper- experiences. What about you, Mike? So, uh, I sh- I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm so, well, I guess I should say I'm, I'm a skeptic when it comes to ghosts, but 
I feel like I had some experiences when I was younger, not so much as I got, as I got older, but um, I just remember one time, I think it was like 11 or 12 years old. It was like Friday night. I was watching like cartoons or whatever. And then I just took a nap like around eight o'clock. And so then I woke up like around like 1.30. I was like half asleep and I noticed the TV was still on and I was reaching for the remote to try to put the sleep timer on. And then all of a sudden I just felt like, uh, like something like hopped onto my bed and mind you, I didn't have any pets at the time. And I felt like I, I felt that there was some, like something crawling on the bed, but mind you, I was still oh, asleep and I just felt something like it might've smothered me. And like, I was freaking out and I tried to like yell and scream and nothing would come out. And Ooh. And then eventually, like, it just went away, and then I fell asleep, and then I woke up, and it was like, what the hell was that? (laughs) So that would be, like, my closest encounter, maybe, with a ghost. Mm. So I don't know. It's not that I haven't gone looking, though, okay? Because I have gone looking. (laughs) Bill is the one who's going to give La Llorona, like, a tissue. (laughs) Let's talk about like, I got your kids yeah. right here. I got your kids. They're right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. So, actually, uh, Gabe, I have a question for you. Billy was uh, mentioned this to me about ghosts. And uh, she said, uh, or, yeah, she said that how cool it would be to have animal ghosts or prehistoric ghosts. Um, could you elaborate on that? Well, yeah. So like in some cultures, you know, the soul as we consider it isn't restricted to just humans, um, animals and, uh, other, you know, living beings have souls or spirits, however you want to define it. So like in the Philippines, um, our, our ancient ancestors and, you know, some cultures today, even they still believe that animals are so deeply connected to, you know, nature and that when, they pass on from this realm, their souls remain in like the areas that they, that they were in to guard and protect those homes. Um, mm-hmm. And like pet, you know, in some cultures, like in Japan and um, Buddhist cultures, they have uh, like uh, ceremonies for their deceased pets and things like that, because um, the souls of their pets are very important to them. Like it's all part of their, their reincarnation cycle and things like that. So in some cultures that I know of, at least that, you know, I have had experience with, they, they believe that animals can have a ghost as well. Maybe not in the same sense of like a poltergeist or, you know, things like that, drawing on my knowledge from uh, of ghost hunting, but Mm -hmm. you know, they believe that their, their companions can stick around and guard them or guard their homes. Um, our you know the ancient spirits of the forest and animals are still there and continually protect those areas um and like i remember talking with a friend of mine that like they they can i don't remember how it goes it's like they consider the worlds before that leave their traces so like the like what we would as paleontologists consider like um, Pleistocene and, you know, the, the periods of extinction in those different time periods, they, the traces that they leave behind, which, you know, may be an explanation for fossils, but the way that they describe it culturally is like the ghosts, the remnants that are left behind from those worlds before, you know? So 
there are there are cultures out there that believe that not only humans are the only things that have souls, but all things can have souls. And I think in some cultures, like in Buddhism, there's a hierarchy to the souls as well. Um, in Catholicism, which I was raised, animals don't have souls because they don't go to they don't get to go to heaven. Once they die, they die. Didn't the Except Pope dogs. change that recently? I thought the Pope made some sort of statement about how you could be with your dog in heaven and Catholics. Oh yeah, but... that's right. I don't know. I don't keep up with the Catholic fandom. I just, <laughs> I just saw it on the internet. I, don't, I could be fake. <laughs> I mean, if that's true, I can't wait to see all my dead dogs up there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's way cooler than I think, you know, having animal ghosts is way cooler than people ghosts. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> dinosaur ghosts. Dinosaur yeah. ghosts. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah, I think it makes a lot, makes a lot of sense too that you know if humans can have ghosts, then why not animals? Yeah, and usually when we see ghosts portrayed, they're usually like old Victorian-looking ghosts. Like we're all the bro ghosts. Like we're all the bros, like ghosts that are like, you got a cigarette, bro? Like nineties <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> I wa- I watch enough ghost TV shows to know that those exist. Oh <laughs> well, no, we'll believe <laughs> they exist. Jared is actually constantly covered by the ghosts of all the prehistoric snails he studies. You just can't <laughs> tell because they're snails. <laughs> they're crawling all up over me. Always can't can't wash them off. Oh, do you believe in in turtle ghosts, Jared? Uh, human ghosts, no turtle ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I wanted to ask everyone. So Jerry, we got your answer, but, uh, just like a, uh, the final question for our guests, do you believe in ghosts? So Bailey, Gabe, you can uh, chime in on that. Start. I'll say that I am a skeptic similar to Billy who wants to believe. (laughs) So um, I was raised in a highly religious environment. um, And I will say that when you're in those sorts of environments where you are similar to like Billy has already touched on being actively told stories of people experiencing demons or possessions or hauntings and that is believed to be sort of a keystone of how you interact with the world around you and a, and a part of your beliefs because you have um i guess these uh these beliefs about the soul and how it might act um in this world or the next and when you're in those sorts of environments scary movies are a lot scarier and you're a lot more likely to see and notice things and sort of jump to that conclusion uh for lack of a better phrase where if you feel a certain feeling you might attribute it to the the dead or the supernatural faster than when you're not in that environment and you are like okay maybe i don't believe that this or this is a thing and then all of a sudden that's not necessarily your experience anymore. My uh, scary experience at the medical supply company I had right as I was tr- starting to trying to get out of that environment. So I was no longer um, quite as deeply in it, but I still, it was still a part of my life in some ways. And I think I was more inclined to attribute it to the supernatural as opposed to being like oh maybe someone left a phone up here or something like that or maybe the footstep so maybe someone did go up there to grab something or something like that it was i was more likely to think of it as a ghost or a supernatural whether or not it actually was impossible to say 
Um, but I do think as Billy has touched on a sort of foundation of, uh, and Gabe too, sort of a foundation of religion or where you come from, what your grandparents tell you can really affect how you feel about the supernatural and about death in general. Um, which that, I don't know if that answers your question or not. So no, I don't really believe in ghosts. I'm a skeptic, but I would love to, I would love to see one. <laughs> and I know I've had spooky experiences, even though I haven't witnessed one with my eyes. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you. Uh, Gabe? I, for me, I'd say, I don't want to say the answer is complicated, but um, I'm a skeptic in a way. It's because I'm a scientist. There, The evidence out there is not enough for me to definitively like ghosts exist, but also growing up Filipino, being raised Catholic culturally, pretty much the idea of ghosts and spirits is so ingrained into so many parts of kind of what makes me, me that it's not that I want to believe, but it's just, yeah, it's, I want to believe that these things have an origin, that these things come from somewhere that these experience people have are real. Right. And so while I can't say like it's a ghost in this in the strictest sense of the term that it's someone who died and their their soul or their memory or their like psychic imprint remains and it's you know there, it's sentient or it's a loop or whatever. I'm not gonna say like no, but also these experiences has happened. The 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 stories in my culture come from somewhere. You know, even talking about it when we say supernatural, for many cultures, ghosts aren't supernatural. Ghosts and the idea of spirits are natural. They are a part of the world in which they live. They're not something beyond the natural world. They just are. And so for me, the idea that ghosts could exist is something that I I would love to have an answer to that I want to be true in some sense, because like Bailey said, you know, we want to know what happens after. I try not to think about it too much, but we do want to know that we w- we want some kind of answer to what happens. And also, you know, there there are really cool scientific explanations that I've had discussions with science friends before of like, you know, maybe ghosts could be explained by um, string theory, even though that's no longer, I think, a prevailing theory in physics. But like maybe ghosts are where these where these um parallel dimensions or multiverses or things kind of collide or we see remnants of things kind of um, from in time kind of in these loops or something. So perhaps there are scientific explanations for what really a ghost is. So that's just a complicated way of saying, <laughs> I kind of want to believe in ghosts too, but I'm also not going to tell somebody that ghosts don't exist when it's so a part of their culture. Right. It's also, I think, really important to remember uh, when thinking about ghosts that ghosts are terrible liars because you can see right through them. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> we had to get one of those jokes in before. before yeah, the I asked. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Jared, do you have any like last thoughts on ghosts? On Maybe any, um, any reason why people might uh, see them or interpret it that way? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's safe to say that everyone here would like to believe or would like to have those experiences. I've heard plenty of ghost stories and the ones that you've all shared 
this evening, like, man, I want some of those. That sounds cool. Uh, I, I think go up a little mountain. Oh no. I searched a black star Canyon as soon as you said it. And I want to, I've actually been up there. I want to check it out again. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Now You're that crazy. I know. <laughs> but, um, I think there's, there's this idea that when you're not able to explain something, it's very easy to say, well, it's supernatural, which, which is a weird word in itself. Like what is supernatural? If something exists in this world, would it not just be natural? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's kind of outside the scope. But as long as humans have existed, there have been events that we were not able to explain, whether it's weather, lightning strikes, disease. And yet, as time goes on, we're able to explain these things. We're able to replicate them. We're able to measure them because they do exist in the natural world. Part of my skepticism comes from this idea that like, if if ghosts existed, if demons existed, would you not be able to have some predictive power, some sort of measurement, some observation, something repeatable, and you just don't get it. So as, as sad as it makes me to say that, you know, I do not believe in ghosts, I do not think they're real, I kind of wish they were. That would be really cool. That would be. Absolutely. I'll always remember when I was, uh, <laughs> this is like sort of a tangent, sorry. I was like at my religious university and we were like sitting around telling ghost stories And one of the guys I was uh, with was telling about how, like, on this mission that he went on, there was, like, a spooky attic that the family asked him to check out because they thought it was haunted. And so they called, like, the missionary's voice to come look at it and, like, expel the evil power. And he was just telling me the story. And I was so scared. Like, (laughs) I was so scared. And I, because I believed him. I believed every word that he said about this haunted attic that he had experienced. And, like, I don't know. And then now looking at that now, I'm like, I don't know why I was so scared. I don't know why I believed him. <laughs> he was 22. <laughs> or <whatever. laughs> like, <laughs> I think like, you know, that, that kind of story too is like something that just reminded me of, you know, when we were kids, when my great grandma died, I remember we came over and people were like freaked out because like my youngest cousin at the time, I think she was like three, two, maybe. She was, she said she was in the room and my aunt was like, she was talking to somebody and Mm -hmm. she was in my great grandma's room where she lived for the longest time. And then, um, you know, like she's a kid, she's like two or three or whatever. She doesn't really understand lying. Right. Mm -hmm. And so those kind of things sometimes where it's like the, the difference between like a 20 year old kid saying something and like having like a, a two, a toddler say that they talk to great grandma when she be dead when she's been dead for a week it's just kind of like again like jared said how do you explain these kind of thing these kind of things without the evidence and how do you make it repeatable so it's like repeatable yeah and it's just one of those things where i want to be like Mulder. i want to believe (laughs) i want to believe (laughs) i think part of that difficulty too is you know you hear story after story and it becomes a matter of like, okay, how am I going to explain this one? How do you explain this one? And the list just goes on and on. Um, 
it's not really a feasible task to take every single one of those stories and explain why it's not ghosts. Um, and I think that's part of why it's that idea has persisted for so long. Yeah. Now I think, I think uh, uh, go, sorry, go, Oh no. Uh, I think the idea of ghosts can be real and that things haunt us. That's one of the things that I love about the haunting of Hill house is that it has like these real ghost elements, but also ghosts that people are dealing with like trauma, for example, that they have faced. There's a really excellent quote by Stephen King. I hope I don't butcher it, but it's like ghosts are real demons are too. They live in our heads and sometimes they win. And I love that, uh, that quote from him because it's true. It's uh, in that sense, ghosts are real. Um, and we have these stories that get told on and on. And we have been trying to explain things, you know, that are unexplainable to make sense of things and make patterns and whatnot. And uh, yeah, everybody has had some great insight into uh, ghosts. So yeah. And Bailey, what did you want to add? Oh, no, I was just going to say the anthropologist, I guess, in me is just like, we're all just sort of primates with higher brain functions, but we're still very like ritualistic and instinctual in a lot of ways. And like, sometimes we uh, can't explain things or sometimes fight or flight or fight or flight kicks in. And Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the scientific explanation is just the way that human brains work and have evolved to work. So. Well, apparently not in Billy because she's going to walk up to the apparition <laughs> boat. Boys. Yeah, except for Billy. <laughs> wow. So I really appreciate you three coming on uh, to be our co-hosts for this episode. I don't know about you, Billy, but we have to find a way to get all three of them back for maybe an episode uh, later on in episodes. the future. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you for inviting us. Oh, absolutely. Yes, big of fans, course. Big fans. So, now where oh and where can our listeners find you? So why don't anybody yeah. why don't why doesn't everybody throw out their uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, etc. Um, I'll just go ahead and say find us at Alf Paleo A L F P A L E O on TikTok, Facebook, or oh. Instagram. Uh, Alf Paleo is our Alf Paleo is our Instagram okay, and at okay. Alf Museum is our TikTok. There you go. Alf Museum is the TikTok because uh, all of us don't have uh, our personal accounts aren't that maintained. <laughs> so just follow the museum. You'll see more of us. <laughs> yeah. 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 Follow there. But you can also follow Cosplay for Science on our website, www.cosplayforscience.com. Yes. yes. Sure. And your YouTube channel. Why don't you? Oh, not- yeah. The Alf Museum YouTube channel as well. Yes, any questions that you all have about paleontology, and they have all these topics on paleontology, check it out on YouTube, subscribe to them, and keep updated on people that they uh, interview and they talk to around the world. So it's pretty cool. Absolutely. So thank you all again for joining us, and have a spooky evening. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye, Billy. Don't go towards any voices. I'll try not to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we had a great time with our co-host for this episode, but we are not through with our episode. We still have more to cover. Yes. All right. So let's get into some explanations. Yeah, let's get into hoaxes. I want to get into hoaxes. (laughs) Yeah. 
explanations as to why people believe in ghosts. First one that I have here is hoaxes. I'm just calling you out here, okay? Some accounts are simply hoaxes. So like in the case of the Enfield poltergeist, many skeptics believe it was just one big elaborate hoax. Chris French, a psychologist who works at Goldsmiths University of London, said, quote, if the girl's admitting to making up 2%, who is to say they wouldn't make up the rest, end quote. During the interview, both girls were asked the question, quote, how does it feel to be haunted by the poltergeist, end quote. And Janet replied, quote, it is not haunted. And Margaret, in a hushed tone, interrupted, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> These factors have been regarded by skeptics as evidence against the case. There's also a famous photo of Janet levitating, which he explains is not exactly trustworthy. And it could also be that after a while, you believe your own lies. So think psychics. Like psychics, there's some out there like uh, Miss Sylvia Brown who might believe their own BS because Sylvia Brown, whew, she has done. She's you know, caused she, a lot of trouble, actually. She has. She she uh, went on Montel Williams, I think it was. Was it Montel Williams? Where she was just like, oh, this girl is dead. Like your daughter is dead. And then she ended up being alive. Yeah. Um, She's been yeah. sued several times before, right? For yeah yeah and then like the mom ended up dying not like thinking her daughter was dead so it was really um there are psychics who really believe they talk to the dead and then there's psychics who are just playing con artists and you know they feed off of people's grief and it's messed up to say the least um uh, we're talking about ghosts and then we just go in all hard on psychics right now (laughs) (laughs) i guess they should have stopped coming (laughs) <laughs> so yeah it's just that sometimes it's just hoaxes sometimes yeah. people come out and say it's a hoax and people that experienced it still don't believe it so that should tell you something yep the next common reason why you might see or feel a ghost is infrasound or the fear frequency mm. so just below the range of human hearing infrasound can cause some strange sensations Humans can't hear below 20 hertz, but some people subconsciously respond to lower frequency frequencies with feelings of fear or dread. It can be produced by weather, humpback whales, or even fans, like your household fan. Okay, that. In one account from 1998, engineer Vic Tandy of Coventry, Coventry University spent a night in a lab believed to be haunted. He and his colleagues experienced anxiety and distress, felt cold shiver, shivers down their spines, and that just sounds like finals week, right? <laughs> um, and Tandy even reported seeing a dark blob out of the corner of his eye. It turned out that there was a silent fan creating sound waves at around 19 hertz, the exact frequency that can cause the human eyeball to vibrate and see optical illusions. When we, He said, when we finally switched it off, it was as if the, a huge weight was lifted, Tandy noted. If you want to see this um, research that was done, it's in the Ghost Machine, published in the Journal of Society for Psychical Research. And it's in right. volume 62. Number 8551, it was published in 1988. It's pretty good. All right. So then there are electromagnetic fields or EMF. There are EMF meters and those are commonly used to identify electrical problems. They're also a staple of the ghost hunter's toolbox. Neuroscientist Michael Persinger, Persinger, is that how you say that? Persinger, yeah. Yeah. 
thinks normal variation in electromagnetic fields could be a possible explanation for supposed hauntings. He tested his theory in the 1980s by having people wear helmets that delivered weak magnetic stimulation. 80% of his test subjects said they felt an unexplained presence in the room. When they wore the helmets, uh, when they wore the helmets, they felt that. So there's this like God helmet too, where um, you you know, Michael Shermer had a part in this, which I'll mention Michael Shermer a few times, um, as I usually do when we're talking about skepticism, (laughs) um, where he exposed the temporal lobes of the brain to electromagnetic fields. And it made people who were more religious and inclined to believe in supernatural things and paranormal things, um, have more vivid hallucinations, like even talking to God or talking to a lost loved one. And the people that were more skeptical had out-of-body experiences. So you could easily just Google God helmet experiment on YouTube to see that experiment. It's pretty cool. What's more is famous spooky spots like Hampton Court Palace have been found to have unusual electromagnetic fields. Again, when these electromagnetic fields are explained to people who have experienced these, they swear up and down it wasn't the electromagnetic fields. They know what they saw. They know what they felt, right? Yeah. And then there's carbon monoxide poisoning. So carbon monoxide poisoning can cause hallucinations and sickness. In some cases of hauntings, it was found there were carbon monoxide. um, There was a carbon monoxide leak. As soon as the leak was fixed, the haunting stopped. So if you're seeing or hearing things in your house, you might want to check if you have a carbon monoxide leak somewhere. Then there is sleep paralysis, which sounds like what you might have experienced, Mike, as you're... uh, as, as your ghostly encounter. So the most common explanation uh, for ghost sighting is sleep paralysis. The body is naturally paralyzed during REM sleep, but the feeling of paralysis can cause terror if experienced while awake. Sometimes the body and brain get their wires crossed and a person can experience a few seconds to a couple of minutes of waking paralysis, which is often accompanied by hallucinations. The hallucinations can involve anything from spiders to ghosts and are usually characterized by a feeling of dread. When someone reports a haunting that happened right around bedtime or after waking in the middle of the night and they were so scared they couldn't move, it's enough to diagnose a case of sleep paralysis usually. Sounds like my story here from earlier. Yeah, it does. Wow. (laughs) Then there is the power of suggestion. So social psychology might have an explanation for reported hauntings that natural sciences can't resolve. One study, which we will link in the description notes, reports that the power of suggestion is strong enough to make people believe they witness a supernatural event. Participants watched a video of reported psychic supposedly bending a key with his mind. The people who were exposed to the positive social influence, meaning that an actor in the group said they saw the key bend, were more likely to report that they saw the key bend too. Participants who were in the room with naysayers and skeptics were more likely to doubt the validity of the trick. But just one person's confident assertion that they believe this psychokinesis was enough to make others believe it as well. So many of the people in the infield poltergeist could have been just very suggestible. Many people have the ability to make people see things that aren't really happening. 
So the cops in Infield Poltergeist uh, just saw what they thought they should see. So think magicians. Magicians play mind tricks on us all the time. And it looks like they're doing things that they're not really doing. And these magicians, like, say, Penn and Teller, they have exposed, like, yeah, we are playing tricks with your mind. And there has been lots of these magicians like James Randi, who's gone around debunking a lot of this, these claims. Another really cool experiment on the power of suggestion is again by Michael Shermer, where he has this, he's playing this um, record by Pink Floyd, I believe it was, and he's playing it backwards. And he asked the audience, what do you hear? And people were like, I don't know, just sounds like mumbo jumbo. But then he told them what to hear. And all of a sudden, your brain picks it up. Your brain then makes sense of those sounds. Oh. We'll have to link this video to uh, to the uh, podcast notes because it is like you will hear it too. You will hear it and you will then like oh. hear the words. It's kind of freaky. So you know the, uh, real quick, Billy, that reminds yeah. me of something. Do you remember, uh, I forgot what Britney Spears song it was, but like there was a certain part where like, uh, if you play it backwards in slow motion, it's like some kind of subliminal message. And so I remember hearing it the first time. I didn't hear anything, but then someone suggested something like, oh, it says this. And then like when I listened to it, I actually kind of heard it. So I think, I, yeah, so I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I like? Um, it reminds me of a little too, Nikki scene. <laughs> what was that? I said free Britney too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Free Britney for sure. <laughs> um, you you remember in Little Nikki? Have you seen that movie? Yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> do you know where I'm going you, baby. <laughs> yeah so do you remember when he plays so you know little nicky is the son of the devil and he's up there he's with these metal heads and then he starts to play like this metal band and he's like and he plays it backwards and he's like you hear that and then little nicky again the son of the devil is like no try this one and he gets chicago which is like this broadway <laughs> like yeah. uh you know they, this broadway what would you call them like performers <laughs> He plays it backwards, and then all of a sudden, you hear plain as day like these satanic saints. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was another. Um, there was another uh, experiment that was done um, where they had two groups go into a movie theater, and they told one group that the movie theater was haunted, and they told the other. They didn't tell the other group anything. They were just there to watch a movie, and of course, the people that were told it was haunted claim to have seen weird things happening in the movie theater so the power of suggestion is powerful yeah i think the next um the next topic you're gonna go through or uh, go over right now billy i think this one's a, mm -hmm. uh, a heavy influence on why people believe ghosts definitely and that is because it's comforting, right? So psychologists studying religion have long suspected that a belief in the paranormal can be a kind of shield from the even harsher truths of the world. The idea is that when something unexpected happens, a death, natural disaster, for example, the brain scrambles around for answers and it looks for meaning in the chaos. It's a way to deal with our own mortality and our loved ones passing away. So a study in the Telegraph in 2016 said that six in 10 grieving people see or hear dead loved ones. Um, so yeah, this is definitely a way to make us think or like, you know, to believe that life somehow goes on and that they're not really gone, right? There's a really excellent scene in The Haunting of Hill House. It's the first episode. It's um, it's not going to spoil anything for you, Mike. <laughs> right. But um, there's a woman who claims to have 
seen um, her husband who recently died in the house. And he, she calls over um, one of the children of the, that was living in the, the house. And he's now like an investigator and he's a writer. So he's in there and he's trying to figure out like what could have caused her to see her husband who had died in a car accident. It was raining that night as well, I believe. And uh, she sees, she sees him like over her bed, like dripping wet. And he like screams and like, he looks like, you know, he doesn't look good. Okay. <laughs> so, or um, no, he doesn't scream. He screeches. So like the sound of like a car screech or a horn or something like that. I think it was like a horn, a yeah. horn. I think it is a horn. Anyways, he sleeps in the same room where the haunting occurs and he finds out that, okay, there's a leak on the roof. That could be why she, you know, experiences her husband being like wet, even though it was a rainy night. And also there's a stop sign by the room uh, that she sleeps in that has a, a, a missing like stop sign or a stop sign that nobody could really see, which causes a lot of cars to almost miss it and then causes ha- honking to happen. Uh-huh. So he explains this to her like, okay, look, you're, you're seeing these things because of real world things influencing your sleep. And she gets upset and she's just like, why would I want to see my husband in that way? Because he's not like he's not how she remembers him, right? Like he's a ghost and he looks scary. And he says, because it's better than never seeing him again at all. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so even when, which is just an excellent scene, um, because it's, it's true, you know, people want to think that their loved ones are still out there in some way. So it's comforting to believe in ghosts. For sure. I, I, I'm, I want to believe in it too, uh, not just with family members, but also with pets. Yes. Yeah. Very sentimental. I know. <laughs> I love my, uh, yeah. I love my pets past, uh, present and future. Yeah. Same. I remember all my, my pets. So that would be really awesome to think that they're still out there, you know? Yeah, for sure. Next are false positives. So the brain has been hardwired to pick up patterns all throughout nature. We see faces in trees, shapes in clouds, and Jesus on toast. (laughs) Now, Michael Shermer, again, has this really good example. Um, He says, imagine, if you will, that you're an australopithecine out in uh, in the plains of Africa, and you hear a rustling in the bushes. Now, you could either think that there is a lion in that bush in the bush and it's going to eat you or you could think it's the wind. If you think it's the wind and it's really a lion, then you're lunch, right? So we can't we cannot think that it is the wind. We have to always think it's a lion and that's what's helped our survival. So we are we are programmed to pick up these false um, positives in our brain and anything there's something scary we're going to think it's the worst thing that there could be because we can't explain it and it's scary and we're trying to make sense of things. And uh, yeah, I think that's a really great example of how we've just been programming. I mean, if you think about like animals that are strays, they're really skittish, right? They're not giving us a chance to get near them most of the time, right? Right. Because they are always looking for threats. So false positives is another explanation as to why people might see or feel ghosts. I think the next uh, explanation is my favorite out of all of these. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And that is because it's fun. It's fun to believe in ghosts, just like haunted houses, scary movies, and books evoke a spike in our flight or fight response. So do the belief in ghosts. And actually, Mike, you went over this in our last Halloween podcast on why people get a thrill off of watching scary movies and mm-hmm. be going to like haunted houses. So if you guys are interested, you should check out that podcast that we had last year around this time on why people like to scare themselves <laughs> that's probably my favorite episode that we've done so far <laughs> oh yeah it was excellent that one and the um, so, that yeah. one and the aliens one yeah well, we have so many good ones yeah and i i love the ones where we get to like flex our skeptic muscle <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah we get a we get a rush off of the endorphins basically pretty much so yeah those are some of the reasons there's other reasons that people have come up with like mold for example that cause hallucinations but, uh, you know, personal experiences, people that have personal experiences, and you try to explain some of these things, um, might get upset. And again, it's their personal experience. And you really have to be, you know, especially when you're dealing with the grief, you have to be really sensitive. In fact, when someone tells me that they believe in ghosts, because they saw a loved one, I don't mess with that. I don't try to debunk it or anything like that. Um, people sometimes need to believe this stuff in order to cope with life and harsh truths and things like that. So, um, and, and also, uh, you know, science, um, sometimes they, science cannot answer all of these hauntings and experiences, but science is also yet to find a single case or have proof of a ghost. And although we do have all these anecdotal cases, it's still not enough to prove the existence of ghosts. Many times gadgets are used, like I mentioned, the MF meters, and that measures electromagnetic fields, which ghosts can supposedly manipulate, but no one has been able to explain exactly what that link is. So we have, again, those experiences, which I don't really like to mess with. And uh, we have our outer truths and our inner truths. And a lot of these experiences could be our inner truth. So, you know, an example of that would be like Jesus, right? Jesus, if somebody said Jesus existed, you could see historical records to see if Jesus existed or not. If you say Jesus resurrected from the dead three days after he was crucified, that is a little bit stickier, right? That's a little stickier. If you have someone who says, Jesus gives me meaning to life and has helped me throughout these hard times, that is your inner truth. That is your truth. So we're not here to threaten your inner truth. So science... Yeah, so science is not proving ghost, but science also can explain why kids love cinnamon toast crunch. So take what you will with that final thought. <laughs> Damn. That is true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any uh final thoughts on all of this, Billy? Well, you know, like I uh like we said last episode, science is always changing. So everything that you heard today might be different tomorrow. So keep updated with every topic that we talk about um and yeah that's pretty much it yeah so again everyone uh make sure to follow us at the scientel show on instagram facebook and twitter and if you can leave a review in whatever uh, streaming platform you have give us a nice review it'll help us out get the podcast out to uh, more people so we can help this uh, podcast continue to grow so i'm really excited for the future of it uh billy awesome job again i appreciate you bringing on our guests um yeah of course. i would hope to at least maybe 
you know, individually have a, a episode based on what they researched. I think that would be cool uh, sometime in the for future. Sure. We'll definitely have them back on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So without further ado, we are signing off. Uh, have a great rest of your week or day or whenever you're listening to this. Happy Halloween. Uh, yes. Have do, do fun, spooky stuff, but be safe as well. All right. Yes. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.